This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, promising results in the race to develop a coronavirus vaccine. The groundbreaking science and why doctors are optimistic. Scientists at Oxford University conducting one of the largest human trials in the world are convinced their vaccine will work tonight. How long it could protect you and when it might be available. Cases surge in 41 states. A packed block party in central Florida raises concerns as the Sunshine State reports more than 10,000 new infections for the sixth day in a row. And Florida's teachers union files a lawsuit against the governor to stop the state from opening schools. More coronavirus relief, or could millions of Americans see their unemployment benefits end in just two weeks? Plus, the president now says wearing a mask is patriotic. Ambush shooting, a gunman opens fire at a federal judge's home, killing her son and wounding her husband. Tonight, the suspect, a men's rights attorney, and his connection to the judge. Breaking news, a new lawsuit accuses three Fox News talent of sexual harassment. Tonight, the details. And paying tribute to congressman and civil rights icon John Lewis, how his words from decades ago still resonate today. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with some breaking news tonight. And for the first time in a while, it is hopeful news. Tonight, researchers say one of the leading contenders for a coronavirus vaccine is showing real results. In the largest study that's been done so far, the vaccine, which is being developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca, caused an immune response in hundreds of patients. Scientists say that is a strong indication it can stop people from getting the virus. Now, two other vaccines being developed in Germany and China 
also appear to be showing promise. Now, that, hope, that hopeful news comes as the situation here in the U.S. has gotten worse. Florida, the new epicenter of the crisis, notched a sixth straight day with more than 10,000 new infections. More than 50 hospitals there are out of ICU beds. And tonight, Florida's teachers are suing the state after the governor pushed again today to reopen schools there in the fall. Among the concerns, students spreading COVID-19. New research out tonight shows children as young as 10 can give others the virus just as easily as adults. And as we come on the air, the number of new coronavirus infections is growing in 41 states, as well as in Washington, D.C. There are now more than 3.8 million confirmed infections in the U.S., and the virus has killed nearly 141,000 people nationwide. Well, there's a lot of reporting to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is covering it all. CBS's Charlie Daggett is going to lead off our coverage from Oxford, where researchers are optimistic. Good evening, Charlie. Nora, reason to be hopeful here in Oxford tonight. One of the largest human trials in the world has proven two things. It's safe, and at this stage, it works. It's important to note here that does not guarantee protection for everybody. That's going to take some more research. But the woman in charge of that research told us tonight she believes immunity should last for more than a year. It's rock-solid evidence that proves why the World Health Organization calls the Oxford vaccine the world's most advanced candidate. A peer-reviewed study in today's Lancet Medical Journal found that trials on more than 1,000 people triggered a strong immune response, provided protection for at least two months, caused zero side effects apart from fatigue and headaches. Professor Sarah Gilbert heads up the team at Oxford. There's the antibody responses and there's the T-cell responses. And those are two parts of the immune system that ideally work together to protect us against viral infections. Antibodies and T-cells are the special forces of the immune system. Antibodies detect a virus and neutralize it. T-cells help make antibodies, but also act as assassins, attacking infected human cells, even retaining a memory of the virus, ready to mount a defense the next time they encounter the same pathogen. This seems like a big deal. No question about it. When you see the real data, your shoulders come down. And we're all getting a sigh of relief that we're getting the immune responses that we science hoped for. The CEO of drug giant AstraZeneca said today they're on track to start rolling out millions of doses by the fall. One glimpse of hope that people can get back to living their lives instead of worrying about risking them. Charlie Daggett of CBS News, Oxford, England. I'm Manuel Bajorquez in Florida, where massive block parties like this one being broken up by police near Orlando are fueling concerns over the state's COVID crisis. 53 of the state's hospitals have reached ICU capacity, eight of those in Miami-Dade County. Dr. Andrew Pastewski works for the county's largest health system. Are you seeing any sense that things are even beginning to level off? Oh, no. There's no sense that anything's slowing down. Every day, there's a need for more patients who need beds. Protesters interrupted Florida Governor Ron DeSantis today amid the worsening crisis and the state's plan to open schools five days a week. The state's largest teachers' union is now suing. Carla Hernandez-Matz is head of the Miami-Dade Teachers' Union. 
It is ludicrous to think that we would take our children out of these protective bubbles that we've created and kept them in for so long and expose them and use them as guinea pigs. In Austin this weekend, teachers protested a similar reopening plan. And in California, where some want students on campus, all high school sports this fall have been put on hold. That comes as a new study out of South Korea shows that children between the ages of 10 and 19 can spread the virus at the same rates as adults. 33 states now are reporting higher positive test rates than the recommended levels suggested by the World Health Organization to safely reopen. States like Arizona, Nevada, and Florida are among the highest. Today, New York City entered phase four, as the state reported just eight COVID-related deaths. But concerns are rising over scenes like this one outside a bar in Queens. What they're doing is stupid and reckless, and it has to stop. Dr. Pesteski knows firsthand the risk. He is a COVID survivor himself, and he has a blunt warning. We just start having trucks full of dead people, or we're going to get smart, and we're going to do what we can as Americans to keep our parents and our grandparents alive. Today is the 12th day since the 4th of July that Florida has reported more than 10,000 new cases. There are new curfews in effect in parts of South Florida tonight, as well as fines for violating mask orders. And the Bahamas has decided to close its borders to visitors from COVID hotspots, including the United States. Nora. Minnie Bajorquez tonight. Thank you. Tonight, the mystery deepens over why the first Hispanic U.S. District Court judge in New Jersey was targeted at her home in North Brunswick. Investigators believe a lawyer known for being active in anti-feminist cases opened fire on Judge Esther Salas's family, killing her 20-year-old son and injuring her husband. We've got more now from CBS's Meg Oliver. Tonight, investigators are working to piece together what motivated a man to pose as a FedEx driver and ambush the New Jersey home of federal judge Esther Salas. After an intense manhunt, police say the suspect was Roy Denhollander, discovered dead in his car today, dressed in a FedEx uniform. Authorities say he had shot himself. They also found a package addressed to the judge. On Sunday afternoon, Den Hollander allegedly opened fire at her front door, hitting her husband, Mark Androl, and killing their 20-year-old son, Daniel. Marion Costanza is their neighbor. I wanted people to know, I mean, this was the only child. She's not going to have any children. Den Hollander was an attorney with a case currently before Judge Salas. Ladies' nights is violating a fundamental oh. right. It's the self-described anti-feminist right even appeared on Fox TV once, opposing drink specials on Ladies' Night, saying they're not fair to men. It was just a gut punch of magnitude. Family friend Mayor Mac Womack said Mark Anderl loved talking about his son. He talked about him a lot. I got constant reports how he's doing. He was as biggest source of pride in Mark's life. Judge Salas oversaw a number of high-profile cases in her courtroom that included cast members of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Deutsche Bank, and Jeffrey Epstein. The judge's husband remains in the hospital. Their son was a rising junior at Catholic University and wanted to follow in his parents' footsteps and become a lawyer. Tonight, the university is holding an online memorial in his memory. Nora. Meg Oliver, thank you.
With expanded unemployment benefits set to expire next week, today President Trump met with Republican leaders to plan another trillion-dollar COVID relief bill. We've got more now from CBS's Weijia Zhang. President Trump said coronavirus briefings are making a comeback, in part because they were so popular. I was doing them, and uh, we had a lot of people watching, record numbers watching. But the president stopped holding them at the end of April as polls showed they were hurting him politically. And after he received sharp criticism for asking this question about disinfectants. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning. Mr. Trump has also been accused of using the briefings to campaign. Rallies have been limited because of the pandemic. We have had this big flare-up in uh, Florida, Texas, a couple of other places. And after months of downplaying the importance of face coverings. You can do it. You don't have to do it. I'm choosing not to do it. President Trump tweeted this photo, writing, Many people say that it is patriotic to wear a face mask. There is nobody more patriotic than me. But he's only worn a mask once in public. Meanwhile, another potential setback for the Republican National Convention in Jacksonville, Florida. Today, the sheriff expressed concerns and worried the community would be at risk, citing a rushed time frame and lack of resources to prepare. As President Trump and Republican lawmakers hash out details for that next financial aid package, they are expected to extend unemployment benefits to 25 million Americans currently receiving $600 a month. But they want to slash that amount to two to $400. Nora? Weijia Zhang at the White House, thank you. Tonight, CBS News has obtained an email showing President Trump is preparing to send federal officers to patrol the streets of Chicago in response to growing gun violence. Now, this follows fierce clashes in Portland, Oregon, between federal officers and protesters. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Federal officers in Portland on orders from the White House fired gas and rubber bullets as they faced off with protesters. The clashes escalated after video showed federal officers in fatigues pulling people off the streets with no explanation. And then over the weekend, 53-year-old Christopher David, a Naval Academy graduate, said he asked officers about their oath to protect the Constitution and got this response. And I figured, okay, they can gas me and they can hit me with batons, but they're probably not going to kill me. They're probably not going to shoot me. The city officials and, and state government is asking you to remove your federal officers why force the issue? Well, we're not forcing any issue. We're accomplishing our mission, which is to protect the federal facilities. Can you say once and for all that there is absolutely no political motivation behind this? Yes, absolutely. Look, this is us doing our job. That job could spread to other communities. CBS News obtained a DHS memo that says the first city identified was Chicago, and we've been tasked to send 175 agents to assist, reporting middle of next week. Today, the president characterized those cities. All run by liberal Democrats. Well, Oregon's attorney general has filed a lawsuit against several federal agencies accusing them of using unlawful tactics here and violating civil rights. You can see there are already some protesters in the park here. There plan to be many more here again tonight. Nora? Carter Evans, thank you. Today, members of the U.S. House paused for a moment of silence to honor the man known as the conscience of Congress. 
It's part of an outpouring of praise for civil rights icon John Lewis. Here's CBS's Michelle Miller. The memorial of flowers steadily grew as people who knew John Lewis, not just as an historic figure, but one of them paid their respects. What did he mean to you? Well, I lived through a lot of things that he went through. So it means a lot. And in his hometown of Troy, Alabama, his younger sister, Rosa Tyner, recalled her brother's final words. John said, I want peace. I'm ready to go. Rise in a moment of silence. On Capitol Hill today, where Lewis spent more than 30 years, an emotional speaker, Nancy Pelosi, led a moment of silence, with the House clerk stopping to compose herself. That the House has heard with profound sorrow of the death of the Honorable John Lewis. Today, a black drape was placed at the entrance door with letters of gratitude from colleagues. A fitting tribute to the man who lived a life of justice and service, from sit-ins to freedom rides, who was nearly beaten to death on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. John had a real moral courage. Ambassador Andrew Young was a close friend to both John Lewis and Dr. King. John was really sort of Martin's spiritual son. He wrote Martin a letter, and Martin was so impressed with the letter that he sent him a bus ticket from Troy, Alabama, to Montgomery. Funeral arrangements for the congressman, we're told, will not be announced until after another civil rights icon, C.T. Vivian, is laid to rest on Thursday. Both men were lieutenants of Dr. King. Both died on the very same day. In the meantime, Nora, the Democratic Party of this state has announced that Nakima Williams will place John Lewis's name on the November ballot. Lewis had such a legacy. Michelle Miller, thank you. Tonight, two of Fox News Channel's most prominent hosts are being sued for sexual harassment, and a former anchor is being accused of rape. A warning, the allegations are graphic. Here's CBS's Jerika Duncan. In graphic details, the lawsuit claims former producer Jennifer Eckhart was raped by former Fox News anchor Ed Henry, who was fired three weeks ago. Former contributor Kathy Aru says Henry, along with Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, sexually harassed her. In the first two pages of the suit, Eckhart alleges that Henry, who is twice her age, asked her to be his sex slave and his little whore and threatened punishment and retaliation if Ms. Eckhart did not comply with his sexual demands. Eckhart also claims she was violently raped while helpless and restrained in metal handcuffs as Mr. Henry performed sadistic acts on her without her consent. As for Aru, she says Henry sent her a slew of wildly inappropriate sexual images and messages throughout the first half of this year. Ed Henry's attorney, Catherine Foti, said the evidence in this case will demonstrate that Ms. Eckhart initiated and completely encouraged a consensual relationship. Fox News said in a statement that Kathy Aru's claims against Fox News are false, patently frivolous, and utterly devoid of any merit. Jerika Duncan, CBS News, New York. As a freedom rider and as a congressman, John Lewis spent his life fighting for equality. But was the speech he gave at the 1963 March on Washington that gained him national attention? Tonight, a look back. We must say, wake up, America, wake up, for we cannot stop and we will not and cannot be patient. 
It was the day that Americans remember for Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. But it was the youngest speaker, John Lewis, who is remembered for giving the most fiery address. But we want to be free now. At age 23, Lewis had already been arrested for leading sit-ins to integrate whites-only lunch counters. Organizers were worried about his references in a speech to revolution and violence. My friends, let us not forget that we are involved in a serious social revolution. Lewis planned to rally the crowd to march through the South the way Sherman did and burn Jim Crow to the ground nonviolently. Instead, he said this. But we will march with the spirit of love and with the spirit of dignity that we have shown here today. Hundreds of thousands listened to him that August day at the Lincoln Memorial. Almost 60 years later and just a mile away, he would use his last public appearance to walk a D.C. street renamed Black Lives Matter Plaza. Very impressive. But while honoring George Floyd and others, his words from the 1960s still today resonate loudly for America. We are tired. We are tired of being beaten by policemen. And then you holler, be patient. How long can we be patient? In that patience, he embraced what he called good trouble. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the head of the NIH on the next phase of vaccine trials. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR and watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.